0: With more happiness and prosperity. Through his Mastering the Game of Life podcast and books, Paul also helps people to get their own inspirational messages and powerful stories out into the world, as well as being involved in supporting many charitable organisations in their development, fundraising and projects.
1: Welcome listeners to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. In this episode, I'm joined by a lady, Kim Hamer. Kim's been with us on uh, more than one occasion previously. And today we're going to be talking about uh, the dreaded coronavirus and asking the question, is it an opportunity for reinvention? Kim, a very, very warm welcome to you.
2: Thank you, Paul. Um, it's nice to be here again, albeit from the comfort of my living room here in London.
1: <laughs> yeah, Um, so uh, that uh, actually gives us an insight, you know, that statement alone from the comfort of your, your home, because I believe that's uh, not just with you personally, Kim, but with the vast majority of not just London, the UK, but, you know, the way the world's shaping up this, this uh, what's the term? Isolation. Hmm. So, yes. uh, yeah. So start us, you know, tell, give us a little bit of uh, insight as to why you chose this title, Kim.
2: Well, a couple of reasons, uh, really. I think what what really struck me this week is that you know six weeks ago we were we saw the news about the coronavirus, the COVID nineteen, and while it was shocking and awful, probably not a lot of us thought it would really affect us or come that close to home. And now here we are in um, in London uh, or in the UK, as in um, Many other places are actually on lockdown. We've been asked uh, not to leave the house. Um, only um, essential uh, medical or healthcare personnel uh, and transport and, and things like that. Um, you know, tube stations are being closed. All our restaurants and bars have closed. Uh, food stores are staying open, but you know, we're we're being asked. You know there's, there's, there's striped lines on the Tesco floor at the checkout. So you stay two meters away from the person in front of you, I noticed. And I just thought it really is changing the way we we do life. We're having to, you know, I, don't, I can't even think how far away two meters is. So I'm having to, to just readjust my thoughts about personal space. Um, and I think it's, it's been a really interesting thing to see how people respond, both people I know and and people I don't know. So I think there is an opportunity to reinvent our thinking and reinvent how we might do life. Hmm. So
1: to your to your mind, then Kim, what you know? What are these opportunities?
2: Well, I mean, three things have, have come up for me just in the last uh, three days. I was um, I was due to have a weekend away at a friend's place down in southeast London. Now we had theatre tickets booked. We were going out for dinner. Obviously, theatre and dinner is cancelled. But we had the discussion last early last week about um, should I still go down? Um, you know, are we all well? And on Monday, what we agreed was look yes, but let's just have a call on Saturday morning and determine, you know, are we all well and what's the situation and make a decision then. By the time we talked on Saturday morning, um, London had um, gone into uh, lockdown and, uh, you know, we had a conversation about, look, we're well and healthy and they were prepared to come and pick me up for for half the journey, but it would have meant getting on the train to come home. And while there's a health risk in that, there's a bigger piece for me about, it's doing your bit as part of the total community. So if we've been asked to do this stuff to stop the spread of the virus, then then let's do it. That's part of our our role in the community. The second thing that has come up is uh, one of the neighbors in the street started a WhatsApp group. Now, I know my direct neighbors, but I don't know anybody else in the street, but they dropped a, a piece of paper through the letterbox with their phone number on it and said, this is who we are, this is where we live, uh, we're well and healthy. If anybody's self-isolating and, you you know, we're prepared to do shopping and all of that sort of thing, and, and let's just stay connected through this. Uh, so that came through on Friday and I joined the WhatsApp group on Saturday night and yesterday I was watching it and people are, you know, asking for milk, leaving milk on doorsteps, um, you know, really getting into the spirit of helping each other out. And I just wondered whether this was going to reinvent the community in the street down the path. Uh, Whether at some point we'll actually meet each other face-to-face. I don't know any of these people. So that's the second thing. And then the third thing is that every Monday I go to Pilates. Again, we're all in lockdown, so that's not happening. But uh, a Pilates teacher has offered us the opportunity to go online. So uh, after this call, actually, I'm having my first Zoom Pilates session with her. So, again, it's about going... It's not about life stops, it's about how do we do life differently? How do we keep moving? How do we keep staying connected? Um, and being open to opportunities rather than feeling like everything is closed off to us.
1: Hmm. What I was just thinking about there, Kim, in the latter point you raised was about the online um we use the word prowess. You know, it's it's potential. It's it's massive scale. You know, yeah. to reach out and certainly in times like this, yes. However, I, I personally offer a note of caution on that. You know, we don't know how long this uh, you know this situation is going to prevail. But you know, I'm play devil's advocate. Do Ooh. we run the risk of becoming too? online dependent to the point where, you know, I mean, stereotypically, uh, you know, we, uh, we um, the, the populace kind of castigates young people, oh, they're always on the phones, they're always you can't talk to, you know, and I really don't like this term, but millennials <laughs> these days, they're that ignorant, they do this, you know, it's phones, this, text, that. And I just wonder, Kim, um, if there is or isn't, time dependent, of course, a similar kind of risk attached to this we get very very used to being oh, i don't i don't really need to to talk to anybody anymore i'll just send them a
2: text it's just a thought and and it's a valid thought i think for a lot of us that are not of that younger generation who who do you know, I still love meeting people for a good cup of coffee. Mm. You know, Young people kind of go, oh, well you can just send a message and that's a good, you know, you can do other ways of getting business, but I still really value the um, face-to-face contact. And when I was working in, um, in big global businesses, you do a lot of stuff virtually. You do a lot of stuff on video conferencing and, and things like that. But there's, there's something that shifts when you meet people face-to-face and it smooths the way and, and makes the relationship you have online richer. So, you know, I, I agree. I think, yes, there could be a risk, but I, I think in the other sense, we're all, I think we're wired to connect not just through text but we're wired you know as human beings we're actually wired to connect and i wonder whether it will be an opportunity for us to one build some prowess in the online world and perhaps use that for some of the things we have been doing but to actually when we do connect on a face-to-face or physical level is this Are we going to value it more? Are we going to create different experiences? I think we'll actually all get to the end of this whenever it is and we'll be thirsting, (laughs) you know, going and having a few drinks with the neighbours or chatting over the fence or, I you know, Pilates online will be very convenient but I will miss turning up every Monday morning and having a bit of a giggle with the ladies as we all crunch and, you know, do all those things with our pelvic floor. So, you know, I think... Maybe it's a case of absence makes the heart grow fonder. To be a little bit cliched.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's uh, there's many sides to this, uh, you know, to this uh, scenario, isn't there? And uh, I think that that's the key thing for me, Kim, is to keep focused on. Okay, this is a temporary um, challenge. I'm going to say setback for a moment, but it's a temporary challenge. And you know, as you say. To, to reinforce your cliche of absence does make the heart grow fonder. And and I'm absolutely like you that, you know, that energy, that exchange, that, you know, that dynamic, call it what you will, that cannot even remotely be matched by um, you know by people when people sit in the in the midst of each other and whether it's a cup of tea a meal or just a chat or whatever it is you know that eye contact you, you know just the smell of the other person and i don't mean that in a kind of a derogatory. <laughs> but this whole kind of sense of oh you know he's got nice aftershave on or she's got nice perfume you know this whole experience of you know fulfilling our our five senses it, i mean it's
2: is it's part of why we're here isn't it it really is it is i i absolutely agree i think the other thing that i've found on a, a completely i guess opposite uh thing is is that because i like there's not the option to go out really and break the day by meeting somebody uh i'm you know i'm still working a lot of my work i can do Um, online uh, because I I work with people all over the world. So that's usually on Zoom. But also people that I had scheduled to do face-to-face workshops over the next couple of weeks, I've just taken – we've just agreed to do them online. I've offered the option to wait, but we've agreed to do them online. So what it's made me do is actually think, okay, so if I'm going to spend two, three hours – with this person or, you know, these people talking about their their particular business issue, how do we structure that time so that we get the most out of it? And while I might structure that a little bit in a face-to-face conversation, I let it be a bit more fluid. But because Mm. sometimes that fluidity doesn't always happen online and you can't, you know, put a piece of paper between you and scribble notes all over it like I want to do, it's making me rethink, ah, okay, so how would I... How would I take this client through developing their social media blueprint? How would I take this client about um, how to set up their brand promise and marketing and those sorts of things? So it's actually uh, creating an opportunity for me to rethink uh, how I, uh, the things I use to do business with people, not just the online tools, but the the way I actually approach building people's capability.
1: Hmm. I love that how I love the how. So in the context of the title, then Kim, an opportunity Ooh. for reinvention. How ca- how can we reinvent? I mean, you've kind of shared three three example there of things how it's um, you know affected your day to day or even weekly routine. Um, so how can we how can we make this work for us? This this challenge, as I keep calling it, that we presently find ourselves up against on a, on a global basis. How Ooh. can we? how can we make it work for us?
2: Well, that is an enormous question. Um, I, I also want to acknowledge that that for a lot of people, yes, this is a challenge. I'm finding it challenging. But, you know, a lot of um, small businesses are struggling. A lot of entrepreneurs may struggle, uh, you know, particularly if they're in the early stages of, of setting up their business or they haven't quite scaled yet or things like that. I think there'll be... There'll be lots of people who are financially stretched by this, not just, you know, by the disconnect with people, but, you know, where does their income come from? You know, people will be worried about how am I going to pay my bills and pay my rent and, you know, I know there's a mortgage holiday that's been put in place in the UK, but, you know, how do people get access to things? So, I you know, I do want to acknowledge that I feel like I'm in a relatively positive place about it, but I accept that other people – won't be. And sometimes when you're in the depths of how on earth am I going to manage, how how on earth am I going to manage with my kids home from school and I've got to work or I've, you know, I've been asked to take a pay cut. That is difficult. But what I would say is that this too shall pass. It's -hmm. something I posted on the weekend uh, on social media. So three years ago, Uh, yesterday, we had the terrorist attack on Westminster Bridge Mm. in London and I was sitting in a pub in York. And I remember at the time being so horrified that this could come to pass. And, yes, we have had other terrorist attacks, but I think that one for me was the most shocking because I used to walk that way to work every day for about three years. Mm. So, and, and it just, when that reminder, you know, I don't always love all of Facebook's reminders about what I was doing years ago, but this one really struck me. And I thought, yeah, that, that passed. And what was extraordinary was the way the community banded together. Yeah, uh, there, were, there, there was a feeling of solidarity. And I think that's what's really important now that there's, this is about a bigger community and it's difficult when you're challenged and when you're, emotionally charged but being patient both with yourself and others and having some compassion and this too shall pass it will pass and hopefully in the future we'll be talking about it and going do you remember when how how that was Um, it's always difficult when we're in the throes of it so i I think practicing kindness and, and and a bit of compassion and patience for ourselves as well as others is really important at the moment.
1: Key word you use there, came on on more than one occasion, quite rightly in my humble opinion, was the word compassion. And I think, you know, I think it's very easy for us, um, you know, myself as a host and, and guest to embroil in a conversation around, you know, the philosophy and the opportunities in life, etc. etc. However, we've got to uh you know we've got to put that against the backdrop and the reality of people are losing their lives here so i like the mm. uh, uh or appreciate actually the uh you know the introduction of the word compassion because i think it's uh it's absolutely vital that at all times you know w- whilst we endeavor to not get crippled by fear at the same time have that uh yeah have that eye on the reality of what this this dev- v- devastating virus is actually doing on on a global stage and uh you know, sharing our thoughts and our prayers and our hearts with uh, with people that are losing uh, loved ones and have loved ones that are suffering.
2: Exactly. I also think the other thing is the the mental um, uh, the mental health side of this, the anxiety people will be feeling. I mean, mm. that you know, it's not a killer per se, but it is. You know, it's this insidious sort of underminer of our health and i i was reminded last week about we we all do uncertain times differently mm-hmm. there's no recipe that we all you know get into and go oh let's do uncertainty and let's do what we we all have different appetites and thresholds about about uncertainty i quite you know i'm quite okay with uncertainty you know sometimes it gets a bit much but for the most part I'm okay with life being a bit uncertain and ambigu- ambiguous but but not not everybody is and mm. we we need that that compassion needs to extend to everybody will be doing this differently
0: yeah.
2: in their heads yeah in their not just in their lives in what we can see and you just have no idea what's going on in someone's in someone's head about the current situation so i think it's important to have that compassion and not presume that the way we feel about it whether we're really struggling and anxious or whether we're we feel like we're handling it okay that that's not the same for everybody else i think that that's important to make space for all of that
1: and that's the key thing for me came off here, I'd shared with you that uh, obviously I'm doing a lot of um, thought processes, a lot of research around this, um, and to you know to pick up the the word in, in the title an opportunity. Um, I think this is you know more than anything, as you say, it will pass. What time that is? well we don't know yet, um, but it will pass, but the lesson that we have to take from it is that, do you know what world we've kind of lost our way. Um, badly as a human race as a global we have lost our way badly and this selfishness this arrogance has to stop and it needs to you know make room for that compassion that love and you know just looking out for each other it's simple it really is simple and i think we've lost that as a as a a world populace over over the uh, over the centuries and um for me, this is a, a real shot across the bowels from mother, mother nature to say, guys, start to love one another again.
2: I agree. And, you know, we've just been talking about compassion and we started off the conversation talking about connection. And I think you don't have connection without compassion. Mm-hmm. I think those two things are so linked. We can, you know, connect on the surface with people, but but maybe the opportunity to reinvent here is to reinvent our relationship with each other, not that there's all the fancy tools and, and how we do life and all of that sort of thing, but to understand that we're all human, we're all in this together. And, you know, a, a bit like I described on the weekend about the conversation with my friend, it, it's about doing doing the right thing for everybody, not just for ourselves in yeah. this
1: it's in many respects kim it's i mean not that i was around then but obviously i've picked up stories from you know my grandmother and the like when she was alive and you know people of that uh, more senior generation but it's a bit like the war isn't it that kind of spirit where everybody's rallying around and you know everybody's kind of being neighborly and supporting each other but with time you know there again that kind of settles down and that um People get sort of, you know, complacent, familiar. Human nature finds a very sort of easy level or it thinks it's an easy level. It's actually harder, but uh, that's one of the tricks of the mind. And, you know, I think... It is about that sort of reinforcing and keeping this message of, of, of unity, of hope. You know, the, for me, this is the big opportunity that's being presented here, Notwithstanding, as I say, the utmost uh, respect and thoughts with people that are losing their loved ones. Um, but the legacy of that is that has to stand for something. And that for me is, you know, let's, I've said it before and it's very simple. Let's learn to love one another again. Because, mm. as, as tribal people, as human beings, that's, you know, life is a very simple game. And we need to strip out that complexity. And to quote uh, John Major, um, the ex prime minister, let's get back to basics. Yeah. Yeah. And on that sombre note, Kim, I kind of invite (laughs) you to... uh, Yeah, let's lift it a bit now. Um, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) A pause for reflection. Um, I kind of invite you then to sort of bring things to a close and and leave us with one overriding message of hope, inspiration, call it what you will.
2: The thing that strikes me most about all of this... So there's two things this too shall pass but let's not let it pass without learning something from it and i think the big message here is about really reconnecting with each other and reconnecting as as people and having compassionate understanding for each other so remembering that this is temporary it's all temporary but let's take something and and learn to connect again
1: yeah listening to you there Kim and I wholeheartedly agree it kind of brought in reinforced my own personal and professional three values because I, I won't have separate for either I won't be one side personal and another side professional um, mm. that's just my, my stance on life um, but my my three values of learning loving and legacy and I, th- I think that's very very appropriate for what's unfolding now
2: so, yeah it is it is. I mean we you know, we talk about legacy and it's what we leave behind. So what what lesson do we learn from this that mm. that we can use to shape what our legacy will be? Yeah. I think that's really, really important. And sometimes it's hard. I have to say, when you're in the middle of it and it's all going pear shaped and it's horrible, it's hard to see that. But this will pass.
1: But it that's where, Kim, isn't it? The need for sort of support, you know, that Dunkirk spirit, you know, you guys are showing it in London from the scenarios you've described, mm. uh, you know, albeit online. But that's, you know, that's immeasurable. It's, um, you know, so there's that kind of, uh, yes, it will pass, but it's it's the bit in between, isn't it? And, it um, is, yeah, but that's why it's even more vital for us to to kind of rally around and get you exactly. know and I've, you know and I've said it before to get back to basics because it is so natural to love. Um, we have to learn to you know the more negative parts of life. We actually have to learn that behaviour or we taught that behaviour. The more yeah. natural, uh, you know, way of being in life is just just to be and just to love. And that's not yeah. oversimplifying it. That is reality. But we kind of unlearn that good behaviour and replace it by, oh, you know, I'm too busy. Uh, uh, give me a ring later when I might have more time. And you know, and as we know, more time is, uh, yeah. But,
2: but anyway, at the same time, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess, I guess maybe we we the message is, yes, this may pass, but our time is now. So, so what. What can people do, you know, listen to this, to this podcast, keep your, your spirits as up as possible, but what can you do? What small part can you play? What connection can you make today? And just take it day by day by day.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a great learning in itself, Kim, because isn't the reality for us, whether we've got coronavirus challenging us or not, the reality for each and every one of us, every moment in every day is all that we have is that moment. That's it. It is. Yeah. Um, But, you know, as is our way, we get into the habit of thinking, you know, oh, well, you know, I mean, I do it myself. You know, I'm making plans for when I'm 120. I really am. (laughs) I'm serious. Honestly, I'm making yeah. plans for when I'm yeah. plotting that course. Um, but it's a bit like going on any journey. You know, the car might break down in between and then I might, you know, or <laughs> yeah, it might be out. Well, I'm sure it will be out of my hands. But, I, you know, better I do that and keep focused on the journey ahead rather than, um, you know, getting sort of bogged down on the journey that was and all the fear and the crippling sort of aspects that go with that. Yeah. Um, the reality is, as I say, you know, when my time is up from this physical body that um, perspective called life as we know it. Well, mm. you know, that will be what that will be. I don't fear death. I know that when that time is right, that time is right. And um, you know, it's about living in that moment in between, isn't it? It's like eighty six thousand four hundred moments in a day. If we look, oh, if we look that's
2: at loads. <laughs>
1: If we look at it second by second, which is, yes. you know, it's not a bad way to look at things. And uh, you know, for my the most important person in my life at this moment in time, Kim, is you because I'm sharing that moment with you. You know, in five minutes when this podcast is over, that dynamic will change.
2: Yep, yep, exactly. And you're you're absolutely right. It's the it's the being in the in the moment and 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 valuing what's in the moment instead of thinking about all the next moments, which is tough. Yeah. But I think important.
1: And, you know, from that, from our dance here, Kim, our conversation, it's about the learning that we share, the loving that we share and the legacy we leave behind for our listeners.
2: Well, I hope we do that. I hope that, um, you know, today, you know, we've talked about something that's, that's very topical. I know we, we usually talk about sort of more more timeless things but i think um in in talking specifically about the the coronavirus and the impact it's having on us personally i really hope that that, that listeners find something for, for themselves in it they really do so um thank you for for allowing me to be part of that with your with your listeners and with you paul
1: No problem at all. So how can people reach out and get in touch with you, Kim? I mean, I know, as I've said at the top of the episode, that uh, obviously, uh, in the most respectful way, Kim, you're a bit of an old hand now. Um, (laughs) um, But um, I don't want to sort of presume or assume that uh, listeners will go into previous episodes and uh, retrieve your contact details. So it might be worth just taking a moment to uh, reinforce what they are.
2: Sure. Okay. Well, to give um, listeners uh, a little a little hint, I'm about to spell my name. So if you want to open the notes on your phone or grab a piece of paper and a pen, a uh, couple of seconds to do that while I ramble on, uh, the best way to find me is to Google me. Um, I'm on all the main social media channels. Um, so it, it will be about Googling me and getting in touch with me on the 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 channel or the, the, the stream, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn, that, that works for you. So you can find me by Googling Kim Hamer. So that's K Y M and my surname is Hamer H A M for Mary E R. If you Google that, um, you should get, um, a, a whole lot of options about getting in touch. Uh, please let me know. Um, you know, that, that you heard me hear um, because I'd, I'd love to connect and, and hear more of, of what you got from the, from the episode.
1: Superb, Kim. Thank you very much indeed. So there we have it, listeners. All that remains now is for me to say, remember, Mastering the Game of Life starts by embracing our hearts.
0: Thanks very much for listening to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. If you found it interesting and helpful, drop a line to Paul via paul at paul With any thoughts or questions you may have, he'd love to hear from you and he'd be more than happy to respond. Alternatively, check out Paul's website at wwwpaul Remember, mastering the game of life starts by embracing our hearts.